hey girl, hey, you've entered Batty Behavior, where the breast cancer baddies come together with other survivors and thrivers to have candid conversations about life, sex, body changes, and relationships after breast cancer in a judgment-free space. All are welcome. Let's get started. Hey girl, hey, this is Tova. I'm a super thriver with For the Breast of Us, coming to you from Houston by way of Baltimore. I was diagnosed with stage three triple negative breast cancer in 2019. I've been sharing my story through my blog at prettysick.com and advocating for women of color impacted by breast cancer ever since. The Batty Podcast is a platform to share my story, her story, and your story. I'm ready if you are. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. My name is Kaneen, and I'm your busy body baddie because I stay busy and I stay booked. I am an OG baddie ambassador with For the Breast of Us. While I have lived all over, I'm currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia, but home will always be Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was diagnosed with stage three invasive ductal carcinoma, ERPR positive, HER2 negative breast cancer in 2019 at the age of 39. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to it. Hey girl, hey, it's your girl Tova here, Baddie Ambassador with For the Breast of Us. And I'm here with my fellow Baddie Ambassador, Kaneen. Hey, Kay. Hey, hey, Tova, how you doing, girl? Girl, I'm Monday and I'm making it. <laughs> Today, we are chatting it up with breast cancer survivor Tamika. And the topic at hand is wait for it, survivorship. All right. I cannot wait for this topic. I got my little lavender lemonade candle burning. I mean, it's a whole vibe over here. Set the mood. Set the mood. Right. That's right. Set the mood. Set the mood. So let's get. Let's just get into this conversation, okay? Yeah. How you doing today, Tamika? I'm doing good. Doing good. It was a crazy Monday, like you had mentioned earlier. Um, I actually had. I actually had um, a crown put in for the first time today. Oh, yeah. So that's um, that was interesting. To yeah. Say oh, the goodness. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I don't I don't enjoy those experiences. I've had two of them, one before and one after the breast cancer journey. Talk about survivorship. Right. My teeth were, wow. to- were just fine. That I went in there and they were like, yeah, sometimes, you know, that chemo could speed. I'm like, yeah, thank- thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I, I literally was thinking about that when I thought about the gifts that survivorship gives to us. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those long-term gifts or short-term gifts, that is one of the ones I thought about. I went in, same as you and Tamika, and was told, oh, so your teeth are continuing to shift and they're all moving this way. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What made them? Right. What made them move? Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Wow. But yeah, like you said, the gifts... That just keeps on giving. But on the other side, there were, 
the gift of life. We have that as well, too. So I think we take all of that all together. Definitely. There's pros and cons. For for sure. For sure. So before we get into this topic of um, survivorship, based off of my journey in itself and then all of the uh, articles that I've read and podcasts that I've listened to, there seems to be so many definitions for survivorship, right? So it can, some people look at it as them living with uh, uh, cancer. Some of them is the process of going through it. And some of them are even like beyond breast mm-hmm, cancer. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I want to know what survivorship means to you guys. But first, I want to hear a little bit about Tamika's journey. Um, if you can start us off with when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer and how you found out. Okay. Yeah. So it was just through my annual mammogram last summer. Um, That's typically when I do all of my, um, you know, kind of preventative uh, wellness checks. Mm -hmm. And um, my birthday is August 19th. And I received the phone call letting me know that my mammogram came back abnormal. I didn't think anything of it because I had one come back at normal like years ago. Mm-hmm. And at that yeah. point in time, the radiologist um, had mentioned because I have dense breasts, make sure you do the 3D exams moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, that's fine. Plus, it was my birthday. So I was like, nothing is going to you know, mess up the <laughs> birthday weekend and birthday right. plans. Right, right. Um, so went ahead, made the um, appointment for the diagnostic, had that done in um, like early September, probably right after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And um, the radiologist who was on duty at the time, she um, had come in and she was like, I want to do an ultrasound, she said, because I'm seeing something. She said, it's very small, but I want to, you know, just see if I can see it on the ultrasound. So we go in the room for the ultrasound and I'm asking her, well, what should I be looking for on the monitor? Right. Right. So she explains because, you know, it's all white and and Mm -hmm. black and grayish. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, (laughs) telling me what to look for. And I'm like looking and I'm like, I don't see anything. So I don't know what she sees, but. Right. I don't see anything like my eye is right. not trained to see what she possibly can <laughs> right, see. Right, right. So um, go back into the, the waiting room and then she comes back and she's like, let me do a couple of more images on you. Because um, she never did say like she really didn't see anything on the ultrasound. She just mm-hmm. said, I want to do some more imaging. So we took some more images. She comes back and she was like, it's very small, but it's concerning to me. And I want you to have a biopsy. Still at that point, I'm not thinking this is about to be anything. Right. Um, so I went and did the biopsy. I am one who's petrified of needles, pills, and everything. Oh, girl. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds, too, because it's not like a stapler, like when they're doing a bi- biopsy. Like, That's it's it. right? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to call my gynecologist before um, I had gone in for the biopsy and um, asked her if she could prescribe me, like, some Xanax. And, um, you know, she did that. And so I had gone in for the biopsy. Everybody was just very, um, like their bedside managers was really good. Good. So mm-hmm. went through um, the biopsy was on a Monday that Thursday morning. Um, they called to let me know. And um, this particular day I had an eye exam <laughs> and they called me at like 11 in the morning. The eye exam was at noon. So I'm hearing this news and um, 
just by sheer nature of what I do, because I'm in uh, human resources, so I'm always like taking notes on things. I immediately just grabbed notepad pen, started taking down the notes while still trying to process what she's telling me. Mm-hmm. So I hang up the phone, come out the bedroom, tell my my boyfriend, um, you know, the, the, the news. He just sits back on the sofa in complete shock. And so I'm sitting there. And at that point, I start crying. <laughs> and he's like, it's going to be fine. We're going to beat this. And like within seconds, I'm like, okay, well, now I got to go to the eye doctor. <laughs> and I just get up. <laughs> You know, no, not not within seconds to the eye doctor. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm going to the eye doctor. So I go there, and the test that they had um, you taking in the eye doctor, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have totally messed up all of this stuff. Right, and they're like, no, you did fine. I'm like, okay. And so from that point, from that Thursday to that Monday, I was on the phone talking to family and friends. just explaining all of this to them. And by the last call on Monday, I was so tired of talking about it. Girl. And then, you know, for people who may have been like boohooing in tears and I'm on the other end, like, come on, (laughs) y'all. Come on, y'all. I don't even know how serious this is at this point. Like, we're not even about to go there. Like, this is the death sentence and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it was, it was um, completely unexpected because breast cancer does not run in my family. Um, So I was definitely, you know, shocked and surprised by, to hear that. And um, the next thing was the breast MRI. Mm, Lord, the needles. (laughs) The needles. So we doing the, the contrast with that. That was, beyond crazy so um laying on your stomach you know doing the 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 mri for that and um the technician i'll let you know when i'm going to uh release the the fluid the contrast liquid or whatever i'm like okay that fluid Mm -hmm. and she said here's your little clicker here's your button press it if you need me all right soon as she said it I felt it in my throat and I thought I was about to throw it all up. And so I'm oh. pressing the button. She comes in the room. What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like trying to tell her what's going on, right? Because I'm pretty sure she knew just from, you know, yeah. her experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, she's like, are you okay? Are you good? She's like, give me a thumbs up. So I gave her a thumbs up. Um, and she goes back. And so once the machine finished, she said, so what was going on? So I told her and she said, had I stopped this machine, who does not want to go through this again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. So, yeah. So did that, had the consultation um, with the breast surgeon, um, met with the genetics counselor, um, both on the same day. So that was a very long and kind of overwhelming day, just getting all of that information. Mm-hmm. And um we initially had the surgery scheduled for, I think that was October 24th, like whatever that last Tuesday in October was. And at the time of scheduling, like I didn't even like register with the time of the, the day, the, the time of day of the surgery mm-hmm. and how I could potentially have some problems. Right. So that entire day, my parents are now in town. Um, my boyfriend wants to document all of this stuff on video. So he's like all hyped up. We got shirts made and, um, you know, just trying to be this cheerleader. And so we go to the hospital. 
because of COVID, everybody can't come in. So it was just mm-hmm. me and my mom. And time passing, and she looks at her her watch, and she's like, shouldn't you be in pre-op by now? And I looked at the time, and I was like, oh, it's about 4 o'clock, and I think um, surgery was scheduled for 5. And um, so I go up to the desk, and I was like, can I speak to, you know, a nurse or somebody? I said, because, you know, surgery scheduled for this time, I haven't even gone back for pre-op. So someone comes out, and they're like, you know, the surgeon's running late. She has two more people ahead of you. Oh, um, wow. One of them still hadn't even finished through, you know, their own pre-op. I said, well, we don't have to do this today. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> she got two people ahead of me. We don't know how that's going to go. We can save it. So they was like, no, we're going to have the surgeon come and talk to you. She's like, let's just see what she tells you first. And then, um, you know, you kind of take it from there. So then... Um, I think like one of the directors or somebody of the hospital or that part of the, the surgery surgery room had come in and she kind of explained the same thing. And she was very apologetic. And she told me that the surgeon was going to be coming out shortly. So Dr. Bruce comes out and um, she's explaining to me what's going on. And she had mentioned that the person, I think it was ahead of me or the one that she was getting prepared to have to perform surgery on. Um, looked to have like a lot of lymph nodes. So she knew that it was going to um, be a while with that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So she said, give me about half an hour to 45 minutes. She said, I should come out. If I don't come out, somebody else will come out. An hour and some change had passed and nobody came out. So I went oh, back goodness. to the desk. <laughs> oh, I went back to the desk and, um, you know, I was like, I can't do this today. So right. um, that same like director lady had come out. And, you know, she was apologizing. She said, whatever you do, she said, just get your surgery to be first thing in the morning. Yeah. When that, you know, when they call to reschedule you. I mean, so, it sounds like your your journey with survivorship started. <laughs> with, with, this was your whole lesson in survivorship. survivorship. Yes. Yes. So the surgery wound up happening on that Thursday. So two more days? Two more days. Mm-mm. Yep. And it was dark 30 in the morning. It was, um, I had to be at the hospital by 530. Mm-hmm. That, was that was me too. Mm-hmm. I'll be here at 445. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think I got there at 430 and my surgery wasn't until like, like seven, like six. Mm-hmm. Same. Seven yes. o'clock. Same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. So Same. get to the hospital. Well, they were some construction traffic that early <laughs> in the morning. It's like everything you can think of is happening. I'm like, Lord, Girl. can you please just get this surgery done today? <laughs> so um, as soon as I get to the door, they're calling me. Are you still coming? I'm like, I'm at the door. Oh. Right. <laughs> now they're rushing you. Now they're mm-hmm. rushing me. When I get, up there, get checked in, go use the restroom. I'm walking toward my mom. And she's like, well, I think this lady behind you is for you. I didn't even see the woman walking behind me. And she was like, are you ready? And I just did like an about face. And I said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a choice. Right. <laughs> just went on back to um, pre-op and, um, you know, started that whole process with who are you? Why are you here? Um, giving me the different medicines and things. And that was a trip because I, like I said, pills, needles, we are not friends. Yeah. Mm. And um, one of the medicines that they... Um, had you take before surgery, she couldn't 
I couldn't chew it. She told me I like I could not chew it. And I said, well, you have to have a liquid form or I'm not taking this medicine. And she was determined to try to get me to swallow it. And I'm like, lady. <laughs> listen, listen, Linda, listen. If it's not going to be liquid, I'm not taking the medicine. <laughs> so she went and talked to the anesthesiologist. She came on back with her little cup. I said, see, look. There it is. She was fighting. If they had the mm -hmm. option, then, then then go ahead. Okay. <sighs> I don't know. So um, did that. Had them stick me in my hand because I wanted them to stick me in my arm. It's like my right arm takes all of the abuse when I'm giving blood and Same. stuff like that. Same. And um, she's like, no, can't do it because, you know, they got to have the blood pressure cuff on you and all these other things. So we stuck it in the hand and then the anesthesiologist came back and she said I'm going to give you a tequila cocktail in a minute. I said okay. So she for some real tequila at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well take a shot before. Right. 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 <laughs> right. So she um she gave me the meds and then um mom walked me as far as she could walk me and um when we got into the operating room and I, the last thing I remember telling them was how I remembered like some of my friends telling me when you go in the operating room, how it looks like Grey's Anatomy and all Girl, this stuff. And I was like, exactly I'm looking at all this cold steel table lights and everything. <laughs> that's what distracted me in there. I was mm. like, that's a Da Vinci machine. Is that <laughs> <laughs> tell me I wasn't a surgeon. Right, I was like, right, oh, right. Because Meredith used this on. <laughs> Right. That yep, and that was the last thing I remember. I was out. Oh yeah, when that thing go, I was like, "That's the best sleep." But it's unfortunate that you don't really remember being sleep for hours if right. it's like seconds and you open mm -hmm. your eyes. Listen, that's why you have to have like an agreement with your breast surgeon, like me. Like I, my, well, me and my breast surgeon, we're kind of we're besties at this point. But yeah. before, like I already knew she was real when. The day, morning of my um, surgery, she came in and she said, okay, I have a really important question to ask you. And she was so serious, like mm -hmm. mad serious. And I'm like, what the heck can you be wanting to ask me the day of my surgery? Right. And she was like, it's Tupac Tuesday in that OR. <laughs> what is your favorite song? And I was like, really? Now I, I know that we were like, <laughs> and so she literally recorded the, like the whole surgery, me getting oh, the, the, the blue dye. She she recorded, so I have all of that stuff that was going on because oh, I asked her to record everything. I would have wow. loved that. Mine, me too. The only thing she asked me, which I love my breast surgeon. She is definitely my type of person because she's direct. Don't beat around the bush. Get right. Raw. I don't care. And so she was like, well, what type of music you want? And I was like, um, you know, give me like 90s, 2000s R&B and I'm good. Right. And All she right. was like, girl, she was like, wait till you get up in there. So we rolled up in there and it was an all women, all women team. And, the, and it was a diverse group of women. I saw, you know, every type of person represented there and they had the music playing and I want that. And then I was dancing until I saw the machines that I started pointing mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. you know, my mm -hmm. career as a surgeon. <laughs> and then she was like, you know, you good now? Like it had calmed me down so much mm -hmm. by her the music by seeing mm -hmm. the women yeah. by you know them warm so that by the time she said can you um climb up over here i was like cool climbed up over there and i don't they didn't do like no count to 10 it was just like she wow. looked at somebody and she must have winked 
And that man was like <laughs> in pushing the, I mean, that woman was like pushing the button. Child, I'm glad you can remember climbing. Right. Because all I remember, <laughs> I don't remember anything. All I remember from that video is from the video and hit him up playing in the background while she's doing whatever <laughs> she's doing. That's what I remember. See, I remember uh, it was it was um, all about the Benjamins because I told her I oh, love okay. like East Coast flavor like oh, that. Okay. Damn, and she was like, hey. what's the one song that gets you going? And as soon as I came in, <laughs> I was grooving and then I forgot I'm about to have surgery. Like I was right. up in there like, come on, come yeah. on. And then right. she was like, can you climb on the table? And I think I climbed and I might have sat back just a little bit and then I was out. I don't remember nothing. And then I remember them saying, Kaneen, can you, are you waking? Are, can you hear us? Are you waking up? And I was like, yeah, you just put me down. She was like, girl, <laughs> that was five hours ago. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of our journeys are obviously so different, but what I could just tell from this whole conversation, this exchange that we just had just now was that Tamika, okay, you get your diagnosis and you like, uh, I got a doctor, an eye doctor. You yep. can, you talking about you, you and that grooving, like you at a party when you about <laughs> to get going. I'm picking Tupac Tuesday songs. So right. it seems like whether we knew it or not, we were in this so-called survivorship mode before we yep. even knew anything about it. And so, I, I mean, think, so what, what do you guys think about this term? I think that that's something that we women as color, like it's innate. We have no other choice but to always be in survivorship mode, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I feel like we always trying to overcome something, you know, overcome not being heard, overcome not being seen, overcome, you know, being present and then just acknowledge that you exist, you know? And so when... By the time I got to this, I felt kind of like Tamika said, like, let me grab my, I do remember I shed like two cheer, two tears. And then I was like, you got a sticky note or something so I can write on. And I just immediately started taking notes right. while mm-hmm. I was there because I knew I had to be here. I knew right. that I had, that this wasn't going to be the end of me. Right. And right. like you, Tamika, I hate needles. I'm okay with pills, but back then I could only like swallow one pill at a time. Now mm. you see the handful pills wow. and vitamins that I take at one time, <laughs> chug that and I'm and I'm good. Like I do it like with no problem. But I, I feel like, you know, it just really, really is something that we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to do. You have to figure it out and go from there. So what do you think? I I mean you t- you talking to me? Oh uh, you were talking. Oh, oh okay. I uh, so I um I, I mean, I quite, I feel kind of similar because I don't know. I mean, I just don't resonate so much with survivor as the word yeah. because it seems reactive, like something yeah. happened to you. So, yeah. you know, like I do agree with you. We're always in a position where we're having to come out on the other side of something, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily, for me, look at it as surviving. If anything, if I had to choose a term, I would choose that thriving term that's what I, I like, say i feel like Same. i am doing this b- despite right yes. i am who yeah. i am despite having to go through the journey that we've gone through and oh hey hey hey, hey how girl. are you hey girl hey <laughs> i apologize for being a little late traffic with my tail girl but... girl you out here girl. surviving thriving <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> To what you were saying about not really identifying as a survivor, and I feel the same way. Um, but also in the terms of that, I feel like I'm more a thriver, and also like 
it really used to hit me wrong when people would like look at me bald headed and you know scarred up and be like, "You are so strong." Oh, I as hate if, that. As if right. I had a choice. Like, right. I hate if, that. like no, you know right. what? Thank you, I right. appreciate that. But it's like all these things are happening to you. My oncologist yeah. said something very important to me when I first got diagnosed. It was like you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. to get breast cancer that's that's right. this is something that's happening to you this yeah. is not some kind of revenge from god or it's not you know it's literally your cells just went wild that's this all this isn't you this isn't yes. you. Mm-hmm. a right. moment in time yes you know? right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right i had to like i'm sorry I was just gonna say, I feel like you need to tell the people who you are. You just oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is Bree. I am a one-year thriver of breast cancer. Yeah. I was diagnosed and um thank you. I was diagnosed in August of 2020. So mid-pandemic. Mm. Um, literally just moved into my new place with my fiance. Oh. Um, I actually have been fighting for a diagnosis for three years because I knew oh, wow. something was off. Oh, but wow. no one, but I was diagnosed when I was 38. I mean yep. 36. I'm 38 now. So I was diagnosed when I was 36. Nobody would take me seriously. They don't nobody listen. would give me, they don't listen. And finally I had a um a black gynecologist, Dr. Clark at Center OBGYN, if you're in the RDU area, is amazing. Because you know, I came with my paperwork this sick, and I'm like, hey, I really think that I would like to. and she was like oh it's your breast I said yeah she's like no problem I'll I'll hook you up with the surgeon I'll give you a referral I didn't have to explain myself I didn't have to go into the research I thought was going to have to go into anything so you came equipped didn't you yes (laughs) I did but you have to fight for yourself you you absolutely have to fight for yourself especially when you're under 40 especially when you're under 40 and I don't have a strong family history as my paternal grandmother that had breast cancer but hers actually um originated from her lungs and went to breast cancer and not vice versa I found out later but um I was diagnosed literally um she sent me over she's like they have an opening today just go on over I went on over I got a biopsy things move super fast well I got the mammogram they were like oh we see something can we do an ultrasound and I'm thinking like, uh, sure, you know, why not? I'm already here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know, my biopsy. They're like, do you have time to get a little biopsy today? And I'm like, Said, yeah. I needed time to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> was, but it was happening so quickly. I was like, boom, boom. right. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, excuse me. Like, I'm like, shit. Like, what am I supposed to say? No. Right. So when I did my biopsy, um, I remember I was literally sitting here at my desk. And it was a Thursday and my doctor called me. Her voice is all cheering. I'm like, yes, like we good. And she was like, unfortunately you have cancer. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we happy the words that are coming out of your mouth. Look, can you repeat that again? I'm sorry. I felt like you she were was, excited. Right. <laughs> like, and I, I was like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Cause my mind didn't match her tone and she's like did you you hear me you have cancer and I'm like me are you for real and she was like yeah but just you know letting you know it's very early you know it's very small we can do something about it now and this is the kicker I work in breast cancer research wow wow yeah it was um my world stopped for a minute and you know the only thing I could do was cry because I have you know two children I have two bonus babies. I have a fiance. I have family. And I'm the person they depend on. 
yeah, you know, yeah. to be mm-hmm. like strong and take care of the household and stuff like that. It was like, um, I can't even describe the feeling, but you guys know with that, yeah. that diagnosis mm-hmm. feels like. So yeah. I'm glad we're having the conversation about survivorship because I will tell you one thing that's been hard for me is transitioning yeah. into survivorship. Yes. Because it's not you, people. Yep. People want to <laughs> define you by the whatever you've gone through. And it's very, it's rude almost of you to say, eh, you know, sis, like, I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate you thinking I'm strong. I appreciate you saying that I battled gracefully, mm-hmm. but I like literally, and I was very like online with my experience because I'm like, if I'm 36, I'm black. Yep. I work your research. I know that breast cancer, certain types of breast cancer disproportionately affect black women. Mm-hmm. I would be doing a disservice by not telling exactly. everybody. Exactly. Like, exactly. If you need exactly. to fight, go fight. Here's me burn up from radiation. If y'all yes. need to see that, y'all need to understand. Yeah. Here's, oh, here's all the pictures. Here's yep. the surgeries. Here are the pictures. This is what black women look like after yep. a deep flat. All of that. Yep. Right? Yep. And so my treatment was, um, I didn't do chemo first. I did surgery first. It, my tumor is small enough that I was got an oncologic breast reduction. And I was like a triple DE um, before I started. And child, I woke up from that table. I was flat chested. It took wow. a year for my titties to pop back out to where they should be. And I still don't have cleavage like that. I'm so insecure about that. Like, not that it's embarrassing, but you get used to your body the way it was. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. For mm-hmm. sure. But yep. I'm very fortunate. Then I did... Um, Four rounds of TC chemo, which almost killed me. I ended up in the hospital with chemo uh, twice. Then, of course, it's the height of the pandemic, and I ended up getting um, pneumonia. Oh, sinus infection oh, turned into pneumonia. I, ha- I went through pneumonia twice. And the second time I went through pneumonia, I'm in the hospital. My fiance is like, hey, babe, you want me to come up? I'm like, nah, we good. Like, you know, I'm just going to chill out here, get some <laughs> antibiotics. And the next thing I know... They done sent the chaplain in the room for me. And oh, I was like, no, ma'am, ma'am. Wow. Ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't know it was to bad have as a was. little bit more uh, like flow into the, like for right, right. <laughs> no, the amount of people in the hospitals in the care system that I've had to cuss out, plumb cuss out because they didn't treat me well or they thought that they could do me however or speak to me however. Yes. Like yes. it was exhausting. So we're not even talking about like just having cancer that's one thing but be black have cancer be a woman where they already think you're aggressive or you asserting yourself is going to scare them and try to tell them anything else is wrong with you and during the pandemic and during the pandemic when you're alone yeah and i was going to add that part too and and when you when they think that there's not somebody there that's like okay checking for what they're doing Mm -hmm. gonna boy gonna speak up for you on your behalf exactly maybe you're you're just trying to come to grips with everything that's happening. Right. First of all, chaplain, ma'am, don't have nobody come here reading me my last right. Right. You're not doing that. that. I, I was that terrified. Ridiculous. I he would have got pushed like out the room. Speech. He would have got pushed out the room so quick. I probably would have been so rude to him. No, sir. No, ma'am. Turn around. Go back out that door, and you send somebody else up in here because. It ain't time for you. Exactly. I, I was like, did my Nana send you? Like, I'm like, trying to think. <laughs> like, is this somebody from the church? Like, I'm like, but I'm by myself. And when I talked to the nurse, they were like, oh, no, that's like a common thing we do because it's a religious hospital. It's a but common still, thing. We do let me very see. Sick. It's okay. Let me right. ask. Man. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I'm yep. so sorry that that was your, uh, both of y'all journeys. I mean, 
I feel like I was, I literally just wrote a blog today about the inequities and the atrocities that black and brown people face. Mm-hmm. But the fact of trying to be seen, trying to be heard without your tone or your passion being mistaken right. for, you know, I'm coming for your throat right. or having to feel the need to come for your throat to get right. X, Y, and Z right. done. Right. I literally right. uh, talked about going through radiation. So I had an aggressive type of cancer. Mine was um, like, I went and did through the, the whole day, how you spent the day mm-hmm. at the hospital. I did that. It was like, we got it back. You're stage one. It was like, but we need to do a couple of more, a couple of more MRI mm-hmm. biopsies to make mm-hmm. sure there's no other ones in other spots because your breasts are extremely dense. And I'm like, yeah, I do know these B cups, right? Like it ain't right. that much space in these things. Like, right. and I'm like a, like a, a large B, an infantile C. Like, so I'm like, there ain't much. A B and a half. Kept <laughs> <laughs> doing this to me. And so when she finally was like, um, you know, it is breast cancer, but it has now uh, grown to stage three. And mm-hmm. we're going to try to get you done tomorrow. I was like, hold up. I got to get my child together before I go under surgery. So I push it off like a couple of days and then I did it. But fast forward to radiation. Um, I had 33 sessions of radiation. Ooh, same. And I, and I was there for each session an hour. And mm-hmm. I got to like session 28 before I like really burned. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember like it was Friday when I got when I first it opened up and it was hurting so bad and mm-hmm. all of this. And all weekend, I already have insomnia as a side effect that I got from chemo. So I'm already not sleeping. Plus, add on the pain of anything touching it, anything grazing it, anything. So by Monday come, I had to go to work. Mm-hmm. I went from eight to three, I left, went straight to radiation. And I, the technician guy came and I was like, um, I need, I need, um, something. Cause this is hurting. I've been right. in pain and all that. He was like, you good. We can just keep going for, I was like, sir, <laughs> sir, you know what? Let me speak to Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown mm-hmm. was my only, um, woman, woman of color, uh, on my, as my doctors, uh, go. And so she put, he put me in a room. She came in there and mind you, I've been in good spirits the whole time. I've been positive. Mm-hmm. And she looked at my face and she was like, why do I look like you about to cry? She was like, girl, what's going on? And I was like, I am in pain. I quit. I'm not finishing radiation. It is what it is. I don't mm-hmm. care. And she was like, well, how come you're not using the silverdine? Did it not work? I was like, what is silver day? Like, what is that? Right. He, he said, Did he not give you silver dean when you were there for your consultation a month and a half ago? And I mm. said, mm. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm saying this through crying. And she was like, I have never seen you cry. I've never seen you like this. She was like, you know, one second. She called in a nurse. The nurse came and cleaned up, put on silver dean while he was she was doing that. I can hear her outside the door calling the guy who ironically was the technician when I got my consultation, when they put the tattoo dots on yes. It was the exact same person who wow. she gave the silver dean to give to me. And I mm. hear him say, mm. she said, why didn't you give her the silver dean? He said, because I didn't think she was really hurting. Yeah. Oh, and they'll she- do that in a second. I had to, um, in the same vein, 
um, surgery. Wow. I'm allergic to acetaminophen. So mm. first thing you do, anybody go, and I'm like, they're like, what can you take for pain? Tylenol. I'm like, actually, I can't take Tylenol. I can't take Percocet. I can't take anything that's a derivative of acetaminophen. But also, I have a very high pain tolerance. I had a 10-pound ba- baby naturally. Ooh, and I was less. <laughs> I, I, I had my son. I got up. I went along my way. So that's how high my pain tolerance was. When I woke up in the hospital after surgery, I remember the woman asking before anybody came back, before my fiance could see me or anything, she was like, are you in pain? And I felt like I had an elephant on my chest. And I'm like, you know, trying to nod. Yes, I'm in pain. Right. Well, we right. gave you such and such. We gave you... um tore it all and I was like baby that's not even narcotic and y'all just cut my damn chest open girl wow. I, like literally clicked out of being <clears throat> feeling how I said no nah, y'all gonna have to give me something else and they ended up having to give me fentanyl and when they gave me the fentanyl they were like you know this is really strong I'm like do I look I literally just got my cut chest cut open do I look like I'm out here seeking drugs like you ever see the fat you know but going back to what you said it was like in radiation I was like you I didn't start my skin didn't start breaking until sessions like 26 27 and I came home I put my little aquaphor on yep my neck you can still see the scars my neck burned straight through Mine just mm. got. I peeped yours. Yeah, it just it's still darker, but it was mm-hmm. it was so like this whole part of my neck was wide open, and then it just went all the way down yep. to under my boob. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he looked at it, right? And I purposely got on a shirt. It was like a button-up shirt. I don't even really own button-up shirts, but, but I you got to do yep. a button-up shirt. That button might have been right above my belly button. That's how I was walking around that day because I didn't want anything mm-hmm. to touch it. Mm-hmm. And the fact of how he was like, "You'll be fine." Like, come on. First of all, unhand me. Second of all, let me go speak to her. And when he said to her. I didn't think that she was for real. She said, and that is the last time you will say that to another one of mine. And she mm-hmm. fired him on the spot. Right. Good. Good. That's what he right. deserves. I told her, I said, I'm so thankful that you heard me. I said, mm-hmm. but more importantly, what I think about is when I'm sitting in the room, you know, after you change your clothes, well, at my place, you change your clothes and you sit in the row for yep. a minute before mm-hmm. they take you back. Yeah. I usually I'm sitting there with like old, older white women. Or these two Hispanic women, one that's a little bit older than me and one that was younger than me, who did not speak English very well. They always had to have a translator, but the translator couldn't go back with them. So I'm mm. like, so when she goes back with, i.e. Josh, we're going to call him Josh. Mm-hmm. When she go back with Josh, how how do we know he's he can't, you know, can right. he hear her? Can he understand her? And then, you know, culturally, a lot of us, tend to be taught like you don't you don't question what a doctor or right right doctor, you know do because this is their thing that they are skilled in this is what they went to school for and mm-hmm. you want to you're, like my grandmother would have been like you know we trust doctors we just you know automatically mm-hmm. but just think about all the people before me that he had done that to girl mm-hmm. when she put that cream on my neck I was like, Lord Jesus, where has cooler water? That's right. (laughs) I feel like like that's the paradox, also, right? The paradox of being labeled a strong black woman, right? Mm -hmm. You're treated like a strong black woman. So, oh, you this person doesn't need it because they can handle it. And then sometimes we show up as, oh, I got this, I got this, and not wanting to help and not wanting, oh, I'm not gonna let them see my feelings. And I'm like, like I one thing I can tell you for 
what shifted for me after um, going through the diagnosis and the treatment is that you're going to get whatever Toba shows up. Yep. If the Toba that, that shows part. up is tired, yeah. you're going to get the Toba that's tired. If you get if, if the Toba that shows up is vulnerable that morning, that's which Toba you're getting. If the Toba is like, let's go, let's do it, that's when you're getting it. And I have, one thing I think about my journey, we were talking about the goods and the bads of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has showed me that it's okay for me to be me, mm-hmm. exactly how I am. And I yep. always felt like I felt that way before, but now it's like in Technicolor. Whatever yeah. I feel yeah. is what you're getting. And I'm not yeah. putting on airs for anybody. No, it's I'm that. Not- I'm sorry, but just to make the point of what you're saying, Tova, it's that. And one of my biggest lessons, I don't owe you femininity. Oh, I don't hey. owe you. I don't owe you. If I'm bald headed, bitch, I'm bald headed. If yep. I don't feel like dressing up, I'm not dressing up. I don't like yep. when I lost my eyebrows, I lost my nose hair, I lost everything. I'm sitting yep. in the mirror shaking, trying to draw my eyebrows on until I'm presented as a certain way. And one day That's I'm just exactly like, you right. know what? I am literally burnt from my underarm, from the, the top of my underarm right. all the yep. way down to my under about, my, under my breast. Literally weeping fluid out of my yep. burns. And I'm worried about eyebrows. Like, I'm, if someone can see me like this, and be like, dang, she ain't got no eyebrows on. Right. Like, <laughs> then that's not the type of person that I want to be with. Like, right. relearning to love my body after it, my body is not my body anymore. Like, right. I couldn't even look in the mirror at myself. Yeah. Like, for a long time after I had breast surgery, even when my breast started rounding out and starting to go back to a normal appearance, my nipples were much darker. It was hard for me. Like, my stomach protruded. I got chemo belly. Girl. You know, which people don't talk about, they especially don't. starting off as a plus size woman. Anyway, of course, I would get the only cancer where you don't lose weight. I've I gained weight from uh, <laughs> from Just, being stuck I was with busting steroids. at my own gynecologist. Like, if I'm gonna go through this, at least I can lose. I know it sounds a little man. insane, but when is the weight loss coming? He's like, no, ma'am, not, yeah, not coming. We're gonna yeah, gain weight. Not coming. Girl, gonna they were like, uh, we gave you entirely too many steroids. You are going right. the other way around. Right, so I was right. like, I literally just got to like my <laughs> ideal weight. I had always been super small and it finally got to where I had just like a stigeon, not a smidgen, but a stigeon of thickness. And I was like, I'm good. I'm God. I'm good. And then my body was like, and here you go. Welcome to Pudgyville. Welcome to lymphedema pudge. Welcome to jiggly arms. Welcome to rolls on rolls on rolls. Welcome to fat face. You know, like, oh, man, all of it. All, All of it. it. I'm still struggling. I'm here for, and that's the other thing, right? I was talking to my daughter, Sydney. She's 12. And we were, and it was like six months ago, and we were shopping and I was trying something on. And I, for a minute, reverted back to that space like, oh, I can't fit this. I need to lose weight. She was like, no, you can't fit it. You need to get a bigger size. You are mm-hmm. what you are. Right. No. And, and I'm like, Bruce, so I'm totally here for all of us. Yes. Right. So I'm when I'm coming, when I'm like planning for a vacation or I'm look, you won't get whatever Tova show up. Right. Tova that you get today. Don't look like those clothes that I could fit before. I'm, congratulations to you. You get to see yep. another version of me. Yeah, right. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, you coming to terms with your body. I felt like mine is a. Uh, uh, ebb and flow and emotional rolling yeah. co- roller coaster mm-hmm. because most of the people that I know when I see survivorship I see their hair is back their mm. eyebrows are back they are starting to become either merge back into who they were or become the new person that they were me I'm still bald I still don't have eyebrows I'm still pudgy I'm still all of these things and 
Everybody's like, oh, give it time. It's been two years. We about to hit three. Like, this is me. And see, I was the opposite. So for me, I had to, for me to, to get through chemo to where I wasn't going to be institutionalized, thrown in somebody crazy house, I had to have some control. So the control I had was you was going to get this face and I was going to make my face up. The rest of me might look like a bag of shit, but you're going to get this face. And so I would have my hair wrap on or I would and I would have my makeup on. I remember the lady said to me because I was like the only black person at my um, oncology unit, younger black person. Mm -hmm. But um, and she said to me, she said, girl, come up in here all dressed up every day. Like telling me, you know, um, we ain't doing all that here. You ain't got to do all that. I said, this ain't for nobody but me. But right. Exactly. The said, way the people don't mind their business. The way that they push their biases on you. That too. Like one lady told me I'm at the airport with my child. Uh, we having a good time laughing and all of this. I'm walking around with my body and all of this. She walked up to me. She was like... I don't know how you felt so strong being bald in here. You know, my mom died of breast cancer. I was oh, like, bitch, if you don't get uh, the fuck away from me. It's the people, like, it's the people that voluntarily tell you when you're going through treatment. Oh, my auntie died. My girl, let me tell you how I don't give nothing, nothing, nothing right. about your auntie right, right now. Like, I'm just letting her life. Girl, when like, I cussed her out, I scared the hell out of right. that lady because I am I was having a good day. My daughter yeah. had won this scholarship to go to Boston, to Berkeley for the summer program. I was, I had did my chemo, was feeling good enough to fly up to Boston with right. her. And you lady who don't know me from a bag of rocks. Right. Decided, and she came down and like got down on her knees in front of oh, me. Oh my arms goodness. On my, first of all, I'm not an invade your space type of person. No. Unless mm-hmm. I invite you into my space, I need you to bag up. And so my daughter, I see my daughter getting ready to say something, but I swear the loudest bitch came out of my mouth. I was like, <laughs> bitch, like, <laughs> back the fuck up. I was like, move around. And my daughter was like, ma'am, can you please leave my mom alone? Right. You need to get security. And I was like, what gives y'all the right? Like, you don't know right. if I had alopecia. You right. don't know if I never had hair. Like, I'm one of those people who can't grow any hair. You don't know if I shaved my head off. Like, you don't know any of these things. And to feel the caucasity to come to my face. Yeah. Girl, in my face and really thought like we was going to have a heart to heart. I don't know you. Or, or, but, but then it's, it, then it's. Oh well, it's only hair. At least it'll grow back. And it's, 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 it's oh, well, it's only at least. I don't at least me. I didn't at least you for shit. I don't need you to uh, tell me at least anything. Don't I call it. Um, period. I call it toxic positivity. Right. Yep. Me, me and my fiance came up with this this term called po- toxic positivity because he'd look at me, be like, "You're still beautiful." No matter what you've gone through, I'm like, dog. If I'm asking you, did I draw my eyebrows straight today? Do I look? Do I look real fat face today? Do I? You know, can I wear still wear these? Is this do I look crazy? Like, no, it's, it's, it's my lace cut, right? Can you come close to me and tell me if I'm blended or whatever? You look beautiful. Don't do that. Yep. I need you to be the closest thing to me. I need you to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me. You know, I had some really good friends. I was like, baby. You got to put makeup inside your lace or, you know, you need to do this or do that. And I appreciated those things. But um, toxic positivity drove me nuts 
yeah. the whole at least like you yeah, were saying right. at least you have your at least you're right. alive I'm like alive that's yeah. the base like, right. like right. I, right. I had some things happen to me a few years ago when I lost one of my very good friends before I had cancer and the the bible like I'm not a super duper religious person but I do mm-hmm. definitely have a connection to God and abundantly kept popping out to me so I feel like abundantly is kind of like my life's word or whatever yeah. And I'm like, okay, don't tell me at least I'm alive because God wants me to live abundantly. Right. Yeah. And right. right now I'm not living abundantly. Like, and and that's fine. Like, give me the grace and the space. That's my word. Fall out. Right. That is my word. Give right. us grace. Give yeah. me mm-hmm. grace. Yes. And whichever Kaneen shows up, as Tova said, whichever person you want, I'm a Gemini. So it's like 75 people sitting over here. <laughs> whichever person shows up, I'm... I, I really, I did. I felt, I told everybody, I was like, I'm not apologizing for anything I said. I'm not sugarcoating for you. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, I suggest don't ask any questions mm-hmm. or better yet, don't come around. Um, and I, I wanted people to be normal. Yes. Whatever yes, our yes, normal yes, was yes. prior to cancer. Keep don't come that. over here being that huggy, huggy person when you ain't never hugged in a day. Right. Right. Keep that same <laughs> energy. Keep that please. same yes. energy. And yes. I always said, give me grace because I already have to keep myself together in front yeah. of my child. I'd mm-hmm. be damned if I do it with adults. Right. So I need you to get yourself together or... I will I will give you all grace by you keeping your distance from me because you can't keep yourself together. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I won't I won't won't take that. But I had to tell people that because like you said, Tamika, you spent like a whole day dropping the news. I got cancer. I got can-, and everybody going through their stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to take care of others mm-hmm. when you can barely hold it together. I remember. So my dad, like you said, Brie, my dad's mom is the one who died from mm-hmm. breast cancer. And he literally was there until she took till she took her last breath. I am his firstborn daughter. And we weren't, we didn't have a good relationship at that point. And he I called him and I was so in go mode writing notes that I just called him out the blue and I was just like, Hey dad, I was like, yeah, um, so I got breast cancer. What's our family history? And he was like, ho, 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 hold up. What you say? What you say? And I was like, and it hit me like this man lost his mom from breast cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You haven't talked to him in two, three years. And in three, you just cavalierly just dropped right. this. I feel like take a step back. But I said, dad, this is the last time I'm going to be able to do that. I mm-hmm. said, because... I just don't have it to give. As my cousin Teresa said, I ain't got it to do. I ain't got it to do to be concerned about you and how you're dealing with this. I suggest you deal with that with your Mm -hmm. wife. Right, right. right. And and that's the whole, that's another trait of that strong black woman that we were talking about earlier. I got to feel like I got to, I got to go through it, but I also got to take it on for other people as well. I got to go through it, but I got to show you through it too. Like I have people, when I told them, they're crying more than me. And I'm like, that's right. That's what I have to credit my, my, my guy. Cause he, um, I never saw his emotion. He, that's the one thing that he, she shielded from me. Mm -hmm. And like, since we're, you know, so many months removed from it, um, whenever we do talk about it, that's when I'll hear him tell me, like, mm-hmm. you didn't see me. Like, I would go either in the 
the bathroom, I'm going in the car, you know, wherever I am and you are not present, that is when I have my moments. He said, but I was not going to let you see me break down. I'll be honest, Theo, my husband, he um, at first, I mean, he was amazing throughout the whole thing. But at first, right, he didn't initially know how to communicate with me about it because we've mm. all like we we've been friends since forever since like college sweethearts right so we've been friends for a long time so we have this really crazy joking friend like homeboy kind of relationship right um and so we were watching I think one of those medical shows I don't know Grey's Anatomy or something I was yeah. watching something he was sitting next to me and it was when I first started going through the journey and they had this chick on there that was supposed to have cancer but this whatever bald head thing they put on her like she looked like an alien her head was so damn big it was ridiculous and so I looked at that TV I said now they know they damn wrong for making that lady head look like just because she got cancer and that's at that point I had no hair and we just bust out laughing she was like oh my god I'm so glad you said I was thinking it but I was looking at you like yo if I say that she might punch me in my face (laughs) so you gotta I mean you ask people like give me grace but I felt like I had to give other people grace too a little because mm-hmm. they didn't know yeah. how to deal with it. But once yeah. we established that, like, look, listen, we I'm going through this. This isn't happened to me. I, I'm progressing through this. Then we could like establish some ground rules. And yeah. then like I did things like help myself. Like in my house, Friday was cancer free Friday. We wasn't talking about cancer. Yeah. And I ain't talking about treatments. I ain't talking about none of that stuff. We're going to do anything. Cancer it was cancer free Friday in, yeah. in our house. So I think you have to like I like I like give me grace, yeah. but I feel like sometimes you got to give a little bit of grace too to establish that foundation. Mm-hmm. You're so mm-hmm. kind with that. The only person <laughs> I gave grace to was Callista. That was it. Everybody else they got what they got, um, and it was just because I'm a single mom. I had cancer. Unlike the three of you guys, it destroyed the relationship I was in because Mm. at the exact same time I got cancer, when I went in to go have my surgery, he found out he had cancer. Mm. Yeah. So, and then he disappeared because his way of dealing with it was to like go inward. Whereas mine, like you said, I was sharing, I use Facebook and Instagram as my diary. Right. Right. We're in Georgia. The rest of my family is all over the world. So I was like, I can't keep having these conversations like 42 times with mm-hmm. 42 different yes. people. Girl, so yes, that's why I started blogging. It. Y'all going to have to read it from Instagram or, or, or Facebook. Exactly. And, and, and y'all going to have to be okay with that, you mm-hmm. know, because I just cannot do it. And so he went inward. He disappeared. I couldn't find him, all of that. So the only person that I had really like with me day to day was my daughter. And so... I my daughter is a person she's she's her mom's daughter for sure but she's way more I would say kinder in the way that she does (laughs) some things and she's the one that I internalize it but she will internalize it even more Mm -hmm. and I know my child and so I knew that she wasn't talking about it so I didn't have so that meant any friend or family member that called or came around and I pick up the phone I open the door you was going to get it off because mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody else. That's like my doctor. He always says, um, when every time I, he, I saw him, it seemed like he always had a resident. And he said, oh, this Miss Lewis, this the one I was telling you about. She's going to keep it real. She's mm-hmm. going to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. So she's going to talk about 
everything. And I did, I would be like, my breasts hurt, my coochie feel like this, my back felt like this, hair is gone from here, this is coming here, this is like, and he just be sitting there taking notes. He'd be like, all right, let's unpack that, let's start at the beginning. So you said your coochie was doing what? <laughs> Go right back into it. And so on and so forth. And uh, I remember I had asked him, I was like, um, you know, is it okay? I was like, how many days do I got to wait before I can drink after my chemo? And how many days I got to wait for sex? I was like, I ain't got nobody to do nothing with. But, but I just in case. Yeah, I look, look, I'm trying to be prepared. <laughs> Should I run across something? Because... Another thing that run across to me, or one of the gifts that I would say that it gave me, I feel like my sex drive went all the way to the right. So many people share with me that they lost it, it went down. Mine was like, Who has a penis? Who has a penis? <laughs> so I need, I need you to just graze it past me a little bit or something. I need you to do a couple of things. I was so Morning, it, was, it was crazy and and nobody like I had just started to branch out into the community and nobody was saying that so I would feel like oh I can't say that because that's not everybody else's experience oh, mm-hmm. oh listen, no, yes, you, can. you're you can't say that your experience ma'am that's one right, thing right, right. Right. I had a breakdown at my oncologist it was they had me on Lupron during chemo and after right I was only 37 at the time 36 37 and I'm talking, it was a desert. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Well, you know, we be popping me and my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? I love it. And <laughs> I'm like, I asked her, I was like, well, what is, when do I, because I still haven't seen a period. I still haven't seen a period. And oh, girl, don't say that out loud because I was two years and two months before I saw one. And oh, well, the day touch, before child. I went on vacation, <gasps> the day before I went to Aruba, she was like, hey, girl. She like that little the girl old. walking out all excited. <laughs> right. Right. I call I her like that's one thing I told my doctor. Oh, you can keep that. I am not. I am not looking for that. At I all. saw her red hair, Rose. Thank God I had I had a hysterectomy prior to cancer, so no, that, that, was that wasn't. That's probably why then, because you already knew, you know, and you had already readjusted. So Child, I, was, I hadn't. I had a partial because I still had mm-hmm. my ovaries, so I, I still would get like I wouldn't. I wouldn't bleed, but I would have all of the emotional components yeah. until cancer. But not, then I went through menopause in like two months. Mm-hmm. Like you talking about emotional, you talk about the desert of hot flashes that I had. Mm. Nobody the, told the me what hot flashes were. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my mom, no one told me. And when I was chemically put in menopause, the first time I got one, I vomited because mm. it's not just, oh, you get hot real quick. No, it's, it's not. From the crown of your head to the sole of your fire. You are on fire. You are you're, mm-hmm. you're sweating, but you're cold, but your body is hot. Like exactly. your mouth is dry, your eyelids dry, and it like doesn't pass immediately. And I'm like, I was like, I'm possessed. Like, what the right. hell is this? Right. This can't be no hot flash. Like hot flash, girl. I'm not I looking still, forward to it. Still have hot flashes. People, oh, my doctor okay. was like, that's probably one of your side effects. I was like, I need mm-hmm. you to not say it like that. Do not I, say it like that when I don't went through three different types of deodorant. Mm-hmm. That's something they don't tell you about survive about survivorship. They don't tell you about how your body changed so much and continues to change 
that like I'm I gotta go find me a new deodorant now. Listen, just, when I finally got out of treatment and I finally got off of Lupron and my body finally started producing some hormones, I'm in the bathroom. We brushing our teeth side by side at the thing. He like, he's like, nigga, you musty. <laughs> and I was like, I'm musty. And I was, he was like, oh my god, like you musty. I was like, I'm musty. Girl, that was me the other day. I was like, oh, don't tell me that this one stopped working. Don't tell me yet. Because I had finally found one that I was like, it ain't too harsh because some of them have too much baking soda or whatever in them and of those uh, aluminum free ones. And so I'm like going through multiple ones. And so the other day I'm sitting here and I was like, mind you, I'm an empty nester now. My daughter's in college. I'm sitting there like, Mm -hmm. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> who, who is it? Who, who is, is it? it? Like, I'm like, somebody <laughs> gotta be like right outside my door or right. something because it right. can't be me because I take two, three showers a day. So it can't be me. Girl, it is me. So here Man, I am. I search. can't do aluminum free because aluminum must, it must be what doesn't make you musty <laughs> because every single time I've tried, I did try, um, I think it's glycolic acid. That works very well Ooh. for me. That if, and it mm. comes in a bottle from the ordinary, it's like eight bucks. And like, I literally put it in a spray bottle and just spray it under my arm. It keeps Girl, you from the sweating price real bad. Too. Of aluminum free is ridiculous. Yes. Mm. The price yes. of aluminum. Right. That's, a, that's a question I was going to ask y'all. So, what are some of the gifts that you wanted that, that Thrivership, Survivorship gave you? And what was the gifts that you didn't want? Like, give me two gifts you wanted and two gifts you didn't want that you got. Hmm. <laughs> All of y'all did the same thing. <laughs> so I I think I'm the anomaly of this group because I did not have to go through chemo. And okay. I only went through five rounds of radiation and it only only, only. like that. Don't do that. When I when I think about you guys and you like I went no, through 30 don't don't your journey. Your journey. I'm your journey. We all in the same club. Some of us right. got different memberships, but we all in the same club. Yeah. I feel the same again. way, Tamika. I felt the same way as you. I'm like, you know, my chemo was prophylactic. It wasn't to shrink a tumor. It wasn't. It was because my uncle type score was teetering on the line at 19. Okay, they were like, okay. you should do it, you know, just to make sure it doesn't come back. And I had 33 rounds of radiation, too. But I hear women, you know, and I got a full mastectomy. And I'm like, dang, I just got a breast reduction. I feel like I'm not. Don't do that. Girl, it's not adjust all, nothing. Right. It's not adjust. It's not adjust all. anything. From the moment you were told you had cancer, it, it the just went away. Yeah. 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 So you're two, Tamika. She ain't letting um, you get away oh, with it. Oh no, no, I know, I know. The itching. So Ooh. like I just break out into these itching fits um for, for no reason. Well, I'm sure it's like healing and whatever else is going mm-hmm. on, but um that's the one thing. And then um I don't know. I mean, I don't know what my other one would be outside of just the scars. Okay. Um, yeah. What's your two two quote unquote positives that you got? Um, I definitely say no a lot more now. Okay. That's, that's one of the things I'm that I just do not sentence. do. So um, definitely saying no a lot more and um, just taking a lot more time for myself too. Good, 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 good. What about you, Brie? Um, the two negatives I have to say was... Um, 
I'm going to give you three because Tamika, I just wanted to say that itching that you can't scratch, that it's not surface itching after radiation. Mm-hmm. It drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. So that, I think also the reminder of what I've been through every time I look in the mirror, even though scars are fading, yeah. I'm black. They're not going to go completely away. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and it's something that I'll have to live with along with the way that my breasts look or whatever. And like the second one or the third one is, I don't care when, when I learned that you could be in remission from cancer, but you'll never be cured. Yeah. Like it, even if you're okay, even if you're, you know, no evidence of disease or anything like that, it is the, the way you drive yourself nuts, scared of remission. Mm-hmm. Every time you see somebody on the groups, it got triggering. I had to like, um, like baddies is one of my favorite groups and I'm, you know, in there reading all the time. I had to take a month off. Yeah. And I had to be the group for a month because people are like, you know, I just got my second one. I have my like, I can't hear that for yeah. myself right now. Yeah. Now that I've just gone through, I need to stop and, you know, just be okay with where I am. And <clears throat> I think what finally I still get scared, but I'm always like, you know what? I fought it once, I'll fight it again. Mm-hmm. It is, it is what it is, right? But mm-hmm. the things that I'm happy about or the the gifts that I gave, I am a don't trust nobody person. Mm-hmm. I am a, I don't need no help person and mm-hmm. having to be broken down to my lowest where my partner Ooh, literally had yes. to go to my, the bathroom, literally had to prop me up in the bed, literally had to depend on this man for everything. And he didn't shake. Yeah. He didn't falter. And I would, I, I work at breast cancer research. I was like, well, you know, 50% of their partners, you know, they leave <laughs> whenever, you know, something and to, to hear him do all this and not to say we never had complaints or whatever, not yeah. to say whatever, but he showed me so much strength and like, it was, the way he cared for me, like I would have cared for him, like I would have cared for my children. Mm-hmm. That gave me some of the trust back that I had lost in people over the years. Yeah. So that's one thing. And the second thing is, I'm not even going to lie, I didn't want to get a breast reduction at first, but I had like been planning, like I'm going to get a breast lift, you know, because they was, I breastfed two kids. They was, you know, down with dogs. And <laughs> doing <laughs> yoga. I, they was doing yoga. They was, sometimes they was out the tank top without me. You know what I'm saying? So, after they healed, after I can look in the mirror, my nipples are looking at me, flushing the face. Like, that's nice. I can wear things that I, I couldn't wear before. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went wedding dress shopping. And even though I'm like, I hate my stomach, I got this, ke- you know, this chemo belly or whatever. At least them titties agreed with everything yeah. I got in. You know, it was, and it's like a little silver lining, a little, a tiny silver lining. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. least I get a better portion of myself. Yeah. You know, one thing that, I like it was something that was beneficial to me, but also something that really helped me, you know, be okay with the person I had to become. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What about you, Tova? Um, I would say that the negative is the trigger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, it's because I never before this experience had anything that would, not to say that I dwell in it, but that yeah. would trigger me to thinking mm-hmm. about life and death. Mm-hmm. Like there, mm-hmm. I never had an experience or a journey that would, like the oddest things would trigger me. And it doesn't even have to be someone else's story. It could yeah. be a memory back to something that I went through in my journey and I can be completely like for weeks, not thinking about it or months. Yeah. And then something will happen yeah. and then I'll, you know, I'll ease out of it. But that trigger when you, and it's nothing, obviously you can't plan for it. It just happens when it happens. So, so that one, um, but 
what I'll say about that trigger is that it is, it serves to me as a reminder to live life fully, mm-hmm. um, to appreciate all the moments, whether, mm-hmm. I mean, cause, cause and I, and I, I live, I felt like I lived life fully before, but now I don't care if I'm sitting in a grocery store line, how am I about to enjoy this moment? Oh, okay, right. let me grab this magazine. Well, let me look on my phone. I'm really being intentional about um, living life and making it pleasurable. Yeah. And that means surrounding myself with the people that I want to surround mm-hmm. myself yep. with. Yes. I'm only um, surrounding myself with people that lift me up as yeah. well as, you know, how I pour into them as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the other benefit I would say is uh, my relationships are a lot better because they're more intentional as well. Yeah. Before it was like, la da da, I had this friend since forever. Right. And, but okay, like, but what are we doing? Yeah. Right. So um, I do like that I'm living life in Technicolor. I had someone say, say to me, oh, you know, you it, it must be really hard for you because of what you've gone through, you know, like I said, talking about the triggers. And I'm like, you know, well, I think actually I live my life a lot better than you do probably because mm-hmm. I am aware Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. You didn't necessarily have an experience that made you more aware of the time yeah. that. And, and neither one of us know. Like you could go out here and get hit by a money truck. Like who yeah. knows? Right. And because of what I've gone through, I am aware that I choose to live my life more meaningful mm-hmm. each day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. I uh, just wanted to say something really quick about the triggers thing. Um, it's been very tough. You remember when Chadwick Boseman died mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he had cancer and nobody mm-hmm. knew he had cancer? Mm-hmm. I cried for a week over mm-hmm. that man. Mm-hmm. I cried about him that. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people, it's hearing about people dying from cancer and mm-hmm. you like, you know, I had a lot of moments like, why me? Why did I survive and other people didn't survive or they yeah. had it so much worse? Mm-hmm. And then I started saying to myself and redirecting myself, I said, why not you? Yep. Why not you? You're right. a positive person. You already said from the jump, this was not going to take you out. You already had your mind made up. Why can't it just be that your will kept you here? Yeah. And there it is. Yep. I like that. I like that. Yep. Why not you? Okay, Ken. Okay. So my two negatives, I would say, I, I would, I would, I would jump on the back of the whole trigger thing. My thing is like smells or mm-hmm. um, like uh, say it was something I did during that time that I stopped doing like once I went into NED and I did it this way, like out of muscle memory, then it immediately will jog me back to, you know, feeling feeling like this or down or whatever. And I would also say when I have my highs and when I have my lows, I either have really high highs or really mm-hmm. low lows. And it, it can be so, um, so intense. And so I have to be like you and Tova said, um, I not only live my life fully, I live my life presently. Mm-hmm. I live my life presently every day. And I look for the small wins. Like that is my thing. Anybody who know me will tell you, if especially if you call me and it's one of your low days, 
I'm going to let you get your low day out. I'm going to let you vent and say right. all that. And then I'm going to hit mm-hmm. you with, so what's your small win today? Mm-hmm. Before you get off the phone, before this day is over with, I need you to text me back, call me back, say something. What's your small win? Um, and that is my trying to see something, something mm-hmm. that was positive. And, and that's how I kind of got through my um, the whole journey, the whole active treatment journey. Um so did I give did I get two negatives? Mm-hmm. Uh, my negatives, other than the the side effects, man, my side effects are intense. Like my lovely lymphedema, and and it's not just the side effects. It's I call it the remnants of cancer because it's beyond the side effects. Mm-hmm. Like the lymphedema and having to wear the sleeve or the bra with the swell spot. So now when I go to the airport, that now becomes a thing as if mm. I'm talking about cocaine, you know, wow. through the airport where now you got to take me back in the room and I don't miss multiple flights. Or the fact that the little metal piece in the back of your wig sometimes, mm. sometimes will trigger the machine. So that right. now we got to go in the back about that. Um, so I even have become more intentional when going to the airport to wear a shirt that says breast cancer something like it's going to be one of my breast cancer shirts to mm-hmm. kind of like preemptively yeah. start that conversation mm-hmm. before I go through this machine. Mm-hmm. That's one. And I would say, um, I would say that it also like, I think it's the life and death thing, but I think it's more so for me being that I'm for, I'm about to be 43 in a month. Um, I'm an empty nester. I work from home. I'm in a state where I don't have a lot of family. Um, wondering if I'm going to like get cancer again and have to go through it alone or mm-hmm. never find my person. That type First of stuff. First of all, I ma'am, you are never alone. alone. Right. You ain't no, alone. You, you'll never be alone, ma'am. That's true. You got all of us. And if I still lived in Atlanta, honey, we would be kicking it. Trust and believe. from where you are because uh, I do travel. Um, right. I go back I to say, we take Yeah, but it's that kind of like worry. Like even when I'm not like in the most inopportune times, like I was doing a meeting today and that thought just triggered across mm-hmm. my head, you know, and for a split second, I find myself starting to go down that road and then I brought myself back. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to give, and I know I just gave like three, is those random jolts of electricity where they say your nerves are trying to attach. We attach. A like I'm sitting here having a conversation or on a date and I'm like, <gasps> and I reach for my breast because it done shot across and it's hurting and then it just goes away and I'm like, oh my mm. God, I'm sorry. Let me explain what that was. And those random jolts, I'm like, okay, so I'm about to hit Two, oh, I'm like two and a half years out. I'm like, when does these jolts stop? How much is reattaching? How much did you detach? Like, right. let's let's, let's right. have this conversation so I can prepare right. myself because mm-hmm. it's still going on and it happens always at like the most. Like I'm having a meeting with my daughter's like dean of her program and I'm like, <gasps> like that is so not not appropriate or on a date either because then they're like, well, what you trying to tell me? What you trying to tell me? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's those things that I don't like. But another positive is what you all just shared. Like, it brought me sisterhood. The sisters that I have, Mm -hmm. 
the sisters that for the breast of us brought me. Mm-hmm. When I tell you I credited Marissa, Tova, Nadia, April, um, all these different women who have lifted me up in different ways unintentionally, mm-hmm. you know, by just being themselves. Like will be like, yep, I need to see Tova strutting in that in them heels and that jacket, or I need to see Bree doing blah blah blah, or Tamika doing this. Like that for me, and how you said I would I would be there with you. Like it mm-hmm. it saved me because that's when my low hit right after I hit NED, I went into a deep depression, a deep depression, like one that I could not pull myself out of, and then God. Literally, I ran across for the breast of us on Instagram. And I was like, well, what is this? And then I go in and you know how you go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole. And then I became a baddie and then I became a baddie ambassador. And now here we are. But it it literally will it will save you unexpectedly mm-hmm. when, when you do. And I work for Living Beyond Breast Cancer, where all I do is talk to people going through all day, every day, people who have been told that they're on hospice, people who just got diagnosed, people who are doing all this stuff. Right. And they're always like, how can you do that yeah. all day, every day? Well, one, I'm a compartmentalizer, but two, it's because of the women surrounding me that I see mm-hmm. proof that I can make it through, proof that I can get through this thing, thriving, you know, and living my best life. That's right. what what it does for me. And I'm just, I'm thankful for that. What do you guys think about survivorship for women of color? Like besides breast cancer, like what do you guys think? Um, I, I'm going to take this one because I have a very unique take because I get to see the the behind the scenes and the numbers because I work for a breast cancer study. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that women of color have such a hard time financially recovering oh. from ban- breast cancer it, it was by the grace of God and the grace of black women that I'm not in a lot of debt, but I'm still paying for my first mammogram, my diagnosis mammogram. I paid Girl. $40 a month. That thing wow. was uh, $2,500 that I did not. And I had just, that made me meet my deductible for the year. So I had to work out a payment. Right. Okay. My radiation, I saw the bill was $750,000 before insurance, before anything. Mm-hmm. The portion I was responsible for was $8,000. I didn't have that kind of money laying around no. and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a burden mm-hmm. on my household. Mm-hmm. I know that my fiance probably could have stepped in and made payments or whatever. And he would have done that, but I did not want yep. to become something of the reason why my kids couldn't go on vacation this year or the mm-hmm. reason, you know, so um, I do a lot to hook people up with financial resources, especially through the hospital. Always. If you have been diagnosed with cancer and you're listening to this, Always hook up with a larger center. Don't go to these independent Mm -hmm. doctors. Mm -hmm. You need to be like, our big ones are UNC and Duke. And I went to UNC. Because Mm -hmm. when I tell you, them people got hand over fist money for you. And and stop telling them people that you work in. Because you're not working in the active. Because your hours are either cut. You're on medical leave. There's yep, something. Right. People don't usually work full time. Right. You know, doing. And I had a woman to pull me aside, a financial counselor, be like, baby. You work? I said, yeah, I have a job. She said, are you working, though? Are you working every day, seven, five days a week, right. 40 hours a week? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. She was like, good. Doo, 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 writing it off. Yep. She wrote off almost $10,000 of debt for me. 
just like that that. because i went to the financial services don't be afraid to ask these social workers are not on your side these social workers are going to a job like you go to your job you're like damn i don't even want to be here today Mm -hmm. they feel the same way you find some people who are really compassionate but most people are just checking the boxes do the research go online look for financial services read those small prints to tell Uh you Right. That what, what you have to cover versus what you don't have to cover, how much time you have to pay things, because it makes me literally sick how I see black women having to dig themselves, go out, go into bankruptcy. Dig I was bankruptcy. Out of the, I filed like, bankruptcy. I had to because they were starting to garnish yeah. my wages. Right. Like, I had no choice. And being the single mom and trying, like you said, to keep her life as normal as possible, I had to go through bankruptcy. And then like I said, the remnants of cancer, Mm -hmm. I wanted to move last year. But Mm -hmm. because I had cancer all of 2019, my bankruptcy was in 2020. 2021 was only one year out, so I couldn't get approved for anything. I have to be at least two years out before I can do anything because of that. Um, And I also tell people as much, I agree with you because my job, one of my things, one of my programs I'm over is the financial assistance Mm -hmm. program for living beyond breast cancer. I tell everybody, go to www.lbbc.org slash fund and apply. Read the instructions, read the information, make sure you qualify, but apply. But I didn't know about all of these things before, while I was going through. Mm -hmm. I knew about a couple of programs, but I always didn't qualify because of still having my job. And then for Mm -hmm. my uh, hospital conglomerate, I qualified for some, like a de- reduced amount, but even the reduced amount, I was like, I ain't got that. Right. Like, I'm right. just barely covering the rent. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I tell people, don't be afraid to file bankruptcy. Yeah. Do yeah. not. Like, if you need to file that bankruptcy no shame so, that, so that you can have, you know, that that's one less thing you got to worry about. Right. And when I did it, when I tell y'all, it just lifted so mm-hmm. much off of me, even though, I mean, it's still, I still got the Scarlet C on my chest right now. Yeah. Um, it lifted so much off of me and it allowed my child to not have to see me like avoiding a call or right. calling to make these payment arrangements and things like that, because it just took it off for me. And now I've rebuilt my credit and all of that type of stuff. I mean, it's a, I, I think it's also, I th- I'm sorry, go ahead, Bree. I was just going to say, I think everything you said really reinforces the fact to me. Do you know how many applications I stopped midway through because they wanted everything but my first yep. blood? I'm yep. literally going through treatment. <laughs> I'm literally going through everything yep. else. I want, if any of these breast cancer organizations that do funding are listening, promise you, these people are not trying to scam you. Because even if you make money, you're not making your full salary while you're yep. in treatment. Because you're going to call out one day or 20 days. You're going to go through all this. You're probably on FMLA. Stop putting people through the ringer for $500 damn dollars. And that's why I love LBBC because all we ask is that your doctor fill out a healthcare verification form and you complete the application. But I still, I will say, because now I can see it on the other side. There are some people trying. There are a lot of chunk of people trying to get over. It's unfortunate because it ruins it for the most of us who just want to live and, and thrive through this thing. But um i do say compared to some of the other ones like i remember one of them asked me for like 25 different documents Mm -hmm. and i just started like 
keeping all the documents and I had all my doctors or whoever had to fill out something to keep it very generalized and not say for this said or organization, but just general so that right. I could just send them all to everybody. I would already have that zip file ready and whoop, whoop, out to you, out to you, out to you. But I kept getting told that because I was I was on FMLA and getting like 70% of my income, but I was a person who worked three jobs before cancer. Mm-hmm. And now I was only working one job, but they didn't care because in my one job, they said it was too much. I was like a, always a hundred dollars over. I'm like a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. Like seriously, you know, I, I'm like, do y'all know what cost of rent, the cost of these utilities, the cost to feel uh, a little girl. Well, she ain't a little girl. She's a little girl, but she eat a lot. Like it's a lot to feed her. You know what I'm saying? She was in her senior year, all of those things that come with that. It was a lot. And they would always be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You make a hundred dollars over. So that's one of the things I make sure for living beyond breast cancer that I advocate for us on that back end, like require these things, but also no boom, boom, and boom. Just mm-hmm. because they make a hundred dollars over don't mean that they don't need help. Right. I was like, I was that person. And I showed them like, this is what I got. I'm sending them emails of what I got from organizations. So I don't think I wanted to add also, like, because I, I was, as I was sitting on this call, reminded me of a conversation that I was, that I had like a couple of years ago when I was going through treatment where there was, you know, a group of young women that were talking about their journey and just like, um, Bree mentioned earlier, or oh, I was just, or oh, I only had just, I mm-hmm. felt like, okay, I can't, can't contribute to this conversation because I didn't have a similar experience. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe I had, I had the chemo and I had the three surgeries and I had all the rest of the stuff, but from a financial standpoint, okay, I didn't have the, some of the hardships that some of my sisters that have yeah. gone through the journey had as well. And so what I would like to say is, that, you know, to those two women that might be in a similar situation, don't feel like, oh, well, at least I didn't have to mm-hmm. go through that part. Mm-hmm. Right. You still need help as well. And yeah. it's just like we go through, we're, we're having this conversation about accepting and seeking help from external um, organizations financially. Allow people to help you. If people yes. want to come and bring you meals or mm-hmm. order yes. for you. Let take them it. do that for you. Don't yeah, feel take. like, oh, I can afford it. I can do it. No, let them let people care for you during that time, just like you will allow someone mm-hmm. externally to do so for you as well. So I you just wanted to share that. Which prescription will not be covered? You never it, know which exactly uh, treatment option that you have to go through exactly. will not be covered. That's exactly uh, I right. Tell, I have to tell these women that every day. They're like, like one lady was like, um, Please do not loop me in as someone who needs financial assistance. I said, ma'am, I said, <laughs> you don't know I what hear, you're going to need in the future. I said, exactly. I hear everything you're saying. I said, but correct me if I'm wrong. You said you just got diagnosed like two weeks ago. You don't know what they're going to ask I for. Said, and so and I you don't know how your Oh, baby, I thought I was going to work through chemo. I thought I was going to work through chemo. And I ended up having to break a deal, with, make a deal with my boss that I would work two days a week. While on my active chemo week, because I literally could not lift my head. So how many? I wasn't on PTO them. or anything. Right. I'm losing income. So that's what I tell them. I'm that's like, exactly right. I was the person that 
I was called while I was on, um, I was going through chemo torsi and, and some, and the lady called me from HR and she was like, oh, you ran out of your FMLA. So this check that you're getting this week will only be for three days. Ma'am, no, no, it won't. You can put me right back in. I will go back to work tomorrow. So I was going through chemo and going to work and just so that I can get, right, you know, paid so I can take care of us here. Or whatever. Um, but I told I tell those people that I talk to, I'm like, you know, I'm happy that you feel that you're not gonna need it. I said, let me just send you some information about mm-hmm. some financial assistance programs. Listen, and I had you all. Need, it, need it. If you don't, mm-hmm. you don't. I said, I just want to tell you, and I give them the explanation of one of my medications. So I have insomnia, the med- medication that I was assigned, my insurance is like. She can't get a full month. She can only get 15 days. Um, Sir, there's 31 days in this month. What are you talking right. about? I need right. to sleep so that right. I can function. So right. now my doctor has to send a separate prescription to another location. And yeah. that is how I have to get that medication. Otherwise, that's, I wasn't going right. to get it. That's, and then I pay right. out of pocket without insurance. I'm like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we wrap this up, because it's been an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation, mm-hmm. yes, what is your your one word or your one phrase about thrivership, survivorship, whatever word you want to call it for yourself? What is your one word of how you're going to continue to move through the rest of 2022? right in front of you Mm -hmm. and you're thinking that that ain't enough and it is you're probably right Mm -hmm. um i don't know like laughter enjoyment that That was powerful because laughter is definitely needed it's definitely needed to go through this thing um, I just want to thank Tamika and Bree for joining my sister Tova and I today yes. on uh, Baddie Behavior for Survivorship Month, um, our theme for this month, Survivorship. We truly appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey and Anytime. just fellowshipping with Tova and I and the rest of the baddies and um, definitely continue to follow the podcast and everybody have a good night. This is another Baddie Creation brought to you by For the Rest of Us. Don't forget to subscribe to Batty to Batty wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at For the Rest of Us, on Twitter at The Breast of Us, and check us out online at breastofus.com. Thanks for listening.